welcome to the 52nd episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana. Somewhere. Somewhere. (laughs) Somewhere on some podcast. I'm just like tongue-tied tonight. Um, uh, Where I study, write about, read about, teach, amongst other things, uh, new media stuff, digital humanities, and video games, video games, video games. And I'm joined tonight, as in every podcast night, um, a little late because we have something special for you, uh, by Alex Lane and Nicole Marie. Ladies. Five hour energy. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm kind of hard tonight, but I otherwise am a PhD student at Purdue University. I'm not a student, I'm a candidate. Yeah, eat it. Um, <laughs> at Purdue, and I study uh, gender issues in the video game industry. Yeah. Woohoo! I'm five hour energy drinker. That's right. Yeah. You can add that to your resume, right? That's the thing. I have added some crazy shit to my resume, so absolutely. Absolutely. I'm adding my new addiction to Mountain Dew Kickstart to mine. There you go. Good. I like it. Maybe Mountain Dew will hire you to write rhetoric on their cans of drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I had to do something because the the women at Starbucks were starting to look at me funny because I would pick up a double shot and slam it while I was waiting for my coffee in line. I respect (laughs) that about you. Yeah, I used to be a barista, and that's totally something I'd be... I would I would do double shots with you and be like at the bar, <laughs> the espresso. When I was in Mexico, I discovered the most delicious drink. It was an espresso martini, and Ooh. it was a shot of espresso, um, vodka, um, some sort of coffee liqueur, and they um, made the rim. They uh, put sugar, like a crystallized sugar or whatever, sugar in the raw or on the rim. Yummy! Oh my god, it was so good. I drank so many until I got really sick. <laughs> but who knows what that had to do with nothing it. like excess yeah. indeed it sounds really good it was good wow so nicole did i not you? introduce myself I yet? yeah did, wow okay hey what's up um so i'm nicole marie and i guess now i'm a con- convention extraordinaire person Indeed, because we rocked that up on our stage. <laughs> we're at C's, we're on the stage, and Barton's like, "We're we're on a stage. We're on a stage." What is this? And I was like, "Yeah, uh, clearly you haven't presented with Samantha Blackman on your list before, because she <laughs> always gets a stage." Get a stage, and he's like, "So like, me and Nicole are talking, and we look up, and he's down at like a table with somebody else, like reading through a program. Like, what are you doing, Matt? Get back up here!" He's like, and then he's gonna like, present from one of the tables. Yeah, he's like, "Can I present from down here?" No, you cannot. And when we were talking, we look back, and he's sitting in the back row of the audience, like just chilling. Like, oh my god, it was so so funny. It was good. I'm gonna fall off the stage. I'm down here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Alex Lane, let me just let you know that you are officially the last person around here in town that uh, to play like Tomb Raider because I'm looking at my Raptor list 
and Tatius is now playing Tomb Raider. <laughs> I know, man. I was at Target today, and I, sit, I was sitting there, and I had Tomb Raider, and then I had um, the uh, New Gears of War, and I was, I was I'm going to ask you guys about it tonight when I get to my what what I played, because I want your opinion on it, so. All right. Let's get to it, then. Let's yeah. get to it. Did you introduce yourself yet, Nicole? Yes, yeah, she did. Think. Remember, she's the convention air extraordinaire. That's yeah. right, that's right. Yep. See? You're all late I, to the party. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, folks. We'll start out with the usual what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Um, and go into uh news and um our feature of the week. Let's call it that this week. I like it. Um, so uh what you playing, Alex Lane? Um, I am playing the wonderfully racist tribes, <laughs> which is um, an iOS game. It is like a, kind of like Civilization, without the depth, mixed with Farmville. Um, it's super fun. You are a white imperialist scientist, and you go in to impose civilization and order on this tribe in the uh, rainforest although it's not really a rainforest because there's like pine trees and shit so i don't know but uh <laughs> it is like <laughs> but it's not like normally when you have a game like that it would be sort of reflective about how awful it is but it's totally not i think the avatar guy made this or something oh uh, my god okay i downloaded this and and just the loading screen is horrible there's this big buxom brown-haired white woman because she's <laughs> apparently white, right? She you got to make her white so she's sexy. Because you can't be sexually well, attracted. To, well, she's white, and uh, next to her is a very short, very brown, um, native man. Yeah. Um, who looks like I don't know. He might be a pygmy or something. Yeah. I don't know. And they have him with this like horrible, <laughs> deformed face. Yeah. This is bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but, you know, you made me install this damn thing, so it's not going to be subject to me bitching about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said before, since when have we stayed away from a game because we knew it was racist or sexist, right? We have to get right in there. Um, yeah, so it's bad. They, It's supposed to be, like, like back in the caveman era. You, like, ride around on dinosaurs and shit at one point. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of good game qualities to it, right? But you certainly cannot divorce that from the awfulness of it. So um, I'm excited to have you play that some more, uh, Sam, and you can let me know what you think. I'm tripping on it already. Go ahead. I know. Um, okay, so I played some Kingdom of Amalar, some 3DS Harvest Moon, the new one. Um, some 3DS Animal Crossing. I played Blockheads, which we'll talk about when Sam talks about it. But the two things that I am proudest of these last couple weeks are that I finished Skylanders Giants. Woo! I know, Woo I'm so excited. Which is awesome, because despite all of my leveled-up characters and everything, I still haven't been able to finish Spyro's Adventure, because I can't beat the last boss. Um, and I have busted my ass trying to level my guys up to do that, and I've watched the YouTube videos of them beating it. But it's like a 25-minute-long fight, and I just can't really? stay alive that long. It's so hard. How many characters it's do you a, have? I mean, how many little thingies? I don't know, like 10 or 15. Maybe you need more. Yeah, maybe. 
Is that a real thing? Are you making a joke right now? You no, really need you, more than 15? You shouldn't. But but if you have more, you can beat. Because you'll have those extra ones going. Right, so you can just keep, keep them alive and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's... I keep, like, like I kept playing Giants and then coming back and trying, and I get close, but I can't beat it, so I don't know, whatever. Um, and I, you know what, though? Like, Skylanders Giants, I beat really quickly, and I'm not going to keep investing money in the guys if you beat the game so quickly, and like, there's, like, nothing to do with them, you know? Like, I love leveling them up and doing stuff with them, but, well, there's, like, nothing to do now, you know? So, mm. unless they start pumping out more games for you to play your guys with, then I'm not going to buy anymore. Well, they will. They, they have the adventure packs that you can buy that are, like, DLC, yeah, I know. I have I have some of them, but they're just not that substantive. Mm. I got like the pirate ship, and I got uh, I don't know a few of the other ones. They're fine, but yeah, it's just not super substantive. So, eh. so you really got a monkey on your back, is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, it's fine. I enjoyed it. I got plenty of fun out of it. I'm just not going to keep investing a bunch of money in it. You know, I've already spent plenty of money on them. Um. <laughs> so. Um, but the number one thing that I am the most proud of that I have done in like a month in like a, in like six years really is I finished cold Sep saga. <laughs> like this motherfucking game. So it has 105 hours logged on Rapture, but I played so many hours offline. So I don't know if it counts that or not. <laughs> no. Sounds like someone's taking a shower, but anyway, um, I hear that. Is it me? I, I mean, it's not me. So. You don't hear it, Nicole? No. Oh, it's got to be you then. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, so um, this fucking game, like, I played so many times. I was 100% convinced I was at the last boss. It was like, finally, the trial of light. And then it'd be like, or it'd be like the last guy. And it's like, you've completed the trial of light. Now on to your next six trials. And I'd be like, damn it. So I'd finish the six of those. And then it'd be like, you have unlocked this thing. Now for six more of these things to do. And I was like, no. So I kept thinking I was at the end boss. And then finally, like a couple weeks ago, I get to like the end. I like meet the like goddess and I'm, and I have like blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, now you have created a new world. <laughs> it's like my cold setness made a new world. So then I had to go beat that too. And I just kept playing and playing and playing. And then I finally beat this one. And the credits came up and I took a bunch of pictures of the TV screen because I was so happy that I had finally beat it. So <laughs> that it was over, that it was over. I'm, so, it's not that I don't like playing and I'm going to keep playing the game because you can make your own boards and then play with people online. And I have some friends that play. So I'm very excited to do that. But I, it was like, it was like driving me nuts that I hadn't beat this game yet. So I'm very, very happy that I beat that. Yeah. You got to get that feeling of accomplishment. Well, exactly. And like, I, and I kept thinking I was there and I would be like, yeah. And then it'd be like, okay, you've unlocked part one of four. Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I know exactly. So quite happy. That was my biggest accomplishment. Um, and then also, so everyone has Tomb Raiders and I kind of want to buy Gears of War Judgment. I really can't afford both. What do you guys think I should do? Should I get Judgment and then I'll borrow someone's Tomb Raider? No, because you got to wait for somebody to finish Tomb Raider to borrow it. Yeah, it's not going to be too long. It's not like I have a ton of time to play right now. No, oh, you think man. Tomb Raider? I really... 
I really want you to play Gears of War. Mm-hmm. Are you playing it? Is Nicole? it out yet? Is it out? Was it today? Yeah, today. today. I didn't pick it up yet. Are you gonna? I really want to. I mean, I'm super pumped. I, I'm like total Gears of War fangirl, though. Yeah. So yeah, there's huge bias there going on. I think it's gonna be stupid. I'm so tired of prequels. But it, I, I like the idea of Baird kind of being the center of attention. Mm-hmm. You know, because we did the whole Marcus Phoenix thing. And Dom was a pretty big, you know, point of contention in the, the second and third. Okay, so here's what you do. You go to Redbox, you rent Tomb Raider. Right? Not a bad idea. There mm-hmm. you go. I'm with you. You play a bit of it, and you see mm-hmm. how much you really want to keep playing it. Because Tomb Raider is it's not the old Tomb Raider. It's right. new Tomb Raider. The gameplay is totally different. Mm-hmm. So play it a bit and see what you think of it. Okay. See if you are totally and completely hooked like everybody else has been once you start playing it. Because you okay. know what Gears of you know what Gears of War is gonna be like. Gears of War is never gonna change. Yeah, I know. I know. And you can always rent that from, you know, yeah. you can always rent that from Redbox and play it for a night or two and be perfectly happy. That's true. Okay. All right, I'll do that. Good advice. Thank you, team. Yeah. Woo! More like thanks, Sam, because I just said go buy Gears of War. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I wanted diverse opinions. I like that. I mean, I definitely think you need to play Tomb Raider. I'm definitely going to play it. I just didn't know if I should, since it just seemed like everybody's bought it already and I'm already behind and I'm not going to be able to start really playing it for a little while. So. Well, I haven't even really gotten to the multiplayer aspect of it yet. So I don't know how much replayability there is in that yet. Sam, me. you said the multiplayer wasn't great, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm going to try it out no matter what, but. I mean, we could talk. I mean, are we talking about Tomb Raider right now? Or are we gonna all go through our games? Like, what are, what are we doing here? Well, let's go. We'll, let's go through our games. We'll talk about Tomb Raider when we get to you. I think I think that we should wait to do the main Tomb Raider stuff until I play it, <laughs> and other people have had a chance to play it. All right. So we're not talking about Tomb. Raider. No, we're not gonna right do now. Tomb Raider like spoilers or nothing like that. Right. Okay. Mostly just the rape scene stuff. I want to wait until I actually play it. Okay. We we won't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so here we go. It's my, my turn. What have I been playing? Okay, so I posted on the blog, so everybody knows P has got a Nino Cooney monkey on her back. So I have been playing Nino Cooney every single day, <laughs> and sometimes multiple times a day. Um. But what the cutest thing was is that yesterday I I dropped her off at school and yesterday was one of the days she told me she wasn't going to school because she was going to stay home and play the game, uh, which is her newest thing. <clears throat> oh my um, God, like mother, like daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like Alex, like daughter. <laughs> I was going to say like Alex, like daughter. Um, she tried that last week because it was spring break for me so she knew I was home so every day she kept she kept trying to tell me she was going to stay home and she was going to play Nino Cooney see I wasn't even home I mean I was off but I was out doing things that you know trying to catch up on stuff that needed to be done and I hadn't been able to do when school was in 
Um, so I played like no games during the day until like Friday last week, which was sucked, but that's another story. Um, so been playing a whole lot of Nino Cooney. So I dropped her off at school, uh, picked her up yesterday afternoon and she goes, mom, today I told Danju all about the game. I was like the game. She was like, yeah, Nino Cooney. And I was like, oh really? She was like, and then we pretended we were kids in Nino Cooney and we went on adventures and we did nature hikes. And I was like, Oh my God, I've turned my daughter into a LARPer. Oh <laughs> my oh, God. Adorable. <laughs> Look so, what you started. Look I what know. You started. So now she's, she's started. You should be proud and ashamed of yourself. She started to role play Nino Cooney. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Now you're going to be the mom who's making like plastic swords for her daughter. And mm-hmm. so I oh. was like, I was like the cutest thing. I'm going to have to get her a red cape and a little wand so she can, she can play Oliver. That's oh, awesome. That's yeah. so, so many levels of awesome. She's so cute. So, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't complain about playing a lot of that game, though, because I'm so super jealous of your even having the ability to play it. Yeah, well, yeah, that would be true. Because you have no PS3. I know. Oh, sad. Oh, speaking of which, um, my Xbox got the Red Ring of Death this week, <sighs> um, and what? my other Xbox has now broken to the point where it will not open. So that happened. How oh often have cleaned it you need to take that bad boy apart well the thing is is that my one xbox that doesn't open i got like the first month that xbox came out like six years ago or seven years ago or whatever so like it's been through the red ring of death already that one the other one is the one that you let me sam from school that just red ring of death so turn it off leave it off for a while and then restart it sometimes they'll come back on yeah, that's that's exactly what we're doing right now. But I have no Xbox, no nothing. It's very sad in my house right now. That's but yeah, thank God that I was able to finish Cold Set Saga before that happened. Yeah. Yeah, when I was uh, in Vegas, Mike just sent me a picture of the red ring. No. That's pretty fantastic. I know. I got that backup one at school, though. So if I had to do something, like if I had to buy Tomb Raider, then I could still play it on that. You know. Which you have to, so. Indeed. Indeed. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Continue uh-huh. on. <laughs> um, so, oh, Tomb Raider. Been playing Tomb Raider. Quite a bit of Tomb Raider, but I can only play it after the kid goes to bed because, you know, there's no way in hell anybody should be playing that game around a kid. <laughs> but we'll talk about that, I'm sure, at some point. Yes. Um, so after she goes to bed, yeah, she hasn't even seen that game on the screen, um, much less seen me play it. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get to Nicole. Uh, I played, um, a little indie game on Steam. I actually, uh, posted about it as well, um, because it, it was something that I had played to kind of help me, uh, you know, it was kind of psychotherapy, I suppose, to help me get through or help me deal with kind of some own thoughts that I had about some deaths that had occurred in my family. Well, right before we had a huge death in my family, um, 
which was the death of my grandmother. So after my grandmother died, I actually wrote a post about it and I posted it on the blog, um, was, uh, to the moon, um, which was an interesting little game, uh, where you play scientists who are able to, uh, for the dying recreate kind of this one wish, the one thing that they wish that they had done in their lives, they're able to go into their minds and make them relive their lives so that this one thing happens. Um, but it's such an extensive process that this is, of course, the very last thing you do before you die because the process kills you. Um, so I was thinking a lot about changing things that happened in our lives um, and, and how that would play out. And this game was kind of a way to help me think through that. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I don't want to get depressed. I want to drink and um, eat cheese sticks and wheat thins. <laughs> Yeah, I support the latter. <laughs> um, but if you're interested, go to the blog and read about it. Um, I posted it a, a couple of weeks back. I can't even remember what the title of it was. Um, but it's about to the moon. Um, it's a it's a good game. Um, it's an interesting post. Check it out if you haven't seen it already. Um, I also played a bit, uh, probably no more than two or three hours. Um, because I wasn't really interested in it as a game. I just wanted to check it out of Crisis 3 because um, I rented it um, and played it for a bit and then took it back. Uh, it was pretty fun for a shooter. You know, and it was it, great graphics. Um, Phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. It was a beautiful game. Um, mm -hmm. But I wasn't really in the shooter mood. I mean, I had too much other shit going on in my life, and shooters weren't where weren't where I was right then. So I may pick it up later and play it again um, after we have a slowdown from this every gate great game under the sun coming out all at once. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been playing a metric shit ton of Persona Four Golden on the Vita. This is the most work my Vita has gotten in a long time. Um, it's, it's, a, it's great. I've been on this JRPG kick uh, for some strange reason. Um, you decided you wanted to play bad games. I totally get it. I do that sometimes. <laughs> you are a JRPG hater. Oh, I know. Oh, it's totally God, unfair. Of so me. funny. Just um, I don't. I want to do more than just click X over and over. You know. But it's not Throwing just some A's, X some with B's. This. If not, just click an X with this one. Because like I said, I don't know if I said... Oh, no, I said it's a, it's a lot like Nino Kuni. But instead of being like a combination of Final Fantasy VII and Pokemon, it's like a combination of Pokemon and... Hmm. Yeah, you're not selling it. Well, I mean, because it's got... It's got doesn't have familiars. It's got uh, Persona. So you have these these monsters or, you know persona that come out and fight with you and for you oh part dungeon crawler part um pokemon it's actually a whole shitload of fun man it's, it's one of the most fun like i said it's the most work my beat has gotten in a long time and i put a lot of hours into this game um and i plan to play it all the way through i don't give a shit how long it takes mm -hmm. um oh, we're gonna have to get alex saying to try it um yeah so, I mean, it's like, and there's a, this great narrative. There's this kind of mystery thing going on. You got people who are, like, being found dead and hanging from places in gruesome ways. Um, um, after after Uh-oh. I'm hearing weirdness. 
I think that's uh, Nicole's mic again. My mic? Yeah, maybe it was just me. That was me. I'm sorry. That was me. Well, would you stop? Well, I didn't mean to. <laughs> so, like I said, people, you know, being found dead, hanging from places and gruesome mass places. But what's happening is, um, and if you turn on your TV at midnight on a rainy night, you can see people in the TV. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, you chicken shit. But people are being, <laughs> people are being thrown into the TV world. Um, by someone I don't know yet. Like I said, it's it's got a great narrative. The mystery's kind of unfolding. Um, and and but I have the power, along with some of my friends, to go into the TV world and fight all these monsters. They're called shadows, and um, save the people who have been uh, thrown into the TV world. And that's what I use my persona for. Now. Yeah, it's, it's fun, I'm telling you. I'm not shitting you. I shit you not. Um, for some strange reason, I downloaded Sims Free Play on my phone. Because I got a new phone. I've played that before. What did you think? Eh, it's alright. That's exactly what my thought was. It was <laughs> eh. And I love the Sims. Uh, this is true, eh. you do. Yes, I do. <laughs> So did you? I'm sorry. Did you like it? Uh, no, my ex- my reaction was exactly the same. It was, yeah, yeah. I didn't really play it again. Yeah, I played it once. So I don't know if I'm gonna play it again. Um, and then I don't know why, considering the fact that I have a deep abiding hatred for Minecraft, I downloaded the Blockheads. <laughs> yeah, I played it too. I did not realize. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Damn you, five-hour energy not working better. Um, I uh, downloaded it as well. I did not realize that it was a Minecraft Terraria thing. But I put a whole lot of hours into that. Well, not a whole lot. I was like, what? Probably like three or four. That's Jesus. a lot for an iOS game or for a uh, mobile game. Especially a boring one. Well, I got kind of crazy and I was like, Got to clear, you know, got to clear, got to build all this shit. What I do like about it is that it lets you dictate where, what you do ahead of time. So you can click a bunch of stuff and then like look away. Mm-hmm. I do like that part. So I've been playing it at the same time as I've been playing like Candy Crush and other stuff. So I'm, I'm playing it on my, um, actually I was, it's, I'm playing the, uh, iOS version cause I'm playing it on my uh, iPad. My mother is on like 150 on Candy Crush. She is Are you nuts. kidding me? No. I can't I can't get past like fifty five. Mm. She's on this crazy level that you get like six moves. Oh my god. It's crazy. I'm stuck on sixty five. Yeah, I'm I I'm around started. There. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Nicole. Join the madness. The first one's free. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> anyway. Um so like I said, I played a lot. For an iOS game, probably four or five hours of the blockheads, just because I wanted to build some stuff. And it was like, I need shelter, and I couldn't build walls, so I built an underground um, <laughs> shelter. And then I put my uh, ladder to get out too close to the campfire, and it burned my ladder down. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. I was like, sons of bitches, I don't believe that. 
Yeah. So, but that's it. That's what I'm playing. Woohoo! Party, party. See, I didn't even get to play very much. We had a busy week. Yeah. But I did pick up... So I picked up all at the same time Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, Crisis 3, and Tomb Raider. And... I put Crisis 3 in first because I figured I would play through that faster than anything else. Um, and like you said, the graphics are amazing. I'm actually, I'm really enjoying Prophet in this one. He's he's a sassy character that I just like. Mm. Um, and I'm always in a, in a first-person shooter mood, so <laughs> <laughs> that works well with my lifestyle. Uh, so I really like it, but I didn't get to play it as much as I actually wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I barely even touched any part of the campaign, but it is good. I do like it a lot. I like it a whole lot. The bow and arrow. I mean, I know we were joking about that at like E3 and everything else. It was like bow and arrow everywhere. But now that we're finally playing the games with the bow and arrows, I'm pumped because I'm enjoying them. Mm. Yeah. I like the bow and arrow a lot. Um, so then I played a little bit of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, and let me just say, okay, it didn't get super fantastic reviews because, I mean, not that they were bad by any means, but they weren't great because this new way, like kind of like new combat that he's like Kojima's using in this one mm-hmm. is definitely, it's cool, but it's not seamless yet. You know how you have, like, your little samurai sword and you can cut through anything? Mm-hmm. It's really cool and it's really fun, but there's a lot of little kinks to it that makes it kind of frustrating at times. Like, the combat system is definitely far from perfect. But I like cutting up cars, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could literally walk up to anything and cut it into pieces. It's just so much fun. It's ridiculous. It's it's a surprising amount of fun. For being the huge Metal Gear fan that I am, like, I almost didn't pick up this game until I played the demo, and I was like, okay, I have to get it. That's fun. It's good. Plus, it's Metal Gear. I can't I can't not buy it. No matter what, I would have bought it. How much is it right now? It's full price. Oh, never mind. Actually, no, it's not. What did I pay for it? I, I paid 40 for it. Maybe <laughs> okay. it's not full price. I don't know. I only work at GameStop every now and then, so mm-hmm. I don't remember. But yeah, so then now for the past since I got back, so Saturday, uh, so two or three days, I've been playing Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. And I like it a lot. <laughs> And, you know, and we predicted that this would be, like, our game of the year. And there are some big contenders coming out this year, like Bioshock Infinite. But this is a great game. <laughs> it definitely is. Well, damn it. Now I do have to buy it. Well, I said it was going to suck. And I have to apologize to everybody at Crystal <laughs> Dynamics. <laughs> 
Okay. But you also came back to say that it was your pick for game of the year. I thought, like I said, it was, I said, and I was going, I was like, I'm going to pre-order it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to get this damn game, even though I think it's going to suck. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> I said, I said it. Um, but at the same time, okay, I have to say, I suspect nobody will ever admit it. I'm sure that right. there are some things in that game that were altered after the shit hit the fan. I'm pretty sure. And then those things are apparent. I won't, we won't do spoilers. No spoilers. Now. We won't do spoilers. Not no to... spoilers. Well, cause no, no Alex hasn't spoilers. played it and the game has been out what? Just two weeks. Right. And we've been in Vegas for right, and a lot of people probably haven't played it because, like we know, like Tasha's, like I think just started playing tonight. So some people are just starting to play the game. No spoilers, but like I said, I think there are some things that were changed in the game that were changed after the fact, and those parts are are more apparent. You can see that it's not quite as smooth as it may have been. Yeah. Do you agree with me on that one? Definitely. Okay, Definitely. so I wasn't crazy. You know, no. I, I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to deny it. But, yeah, I'm going to say that, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Nobody will ever admit it. Yeah, nobody's no, ever definitely not. I mean, and I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I'll agree with that for sure. Like, I, I mean, after everything that happened, and then, you know, they kind of, didn't they push back the game? Uh-huh. Yeah, and the game got pushed back. Mm-hmm. I think there's no way that they can deny it because obviously it's there. <laughs> it's pretty pretty apparent to me. Um but it doesn't take away from the game by no, any means. I don't think it does. No. And that's what we were worried about. Our biggest worry was that they were gonna try to fix something and that it, was not fixable at that point. And it was horribly it would be horribly broken. See, but the thing right. is is that even by changing what they apparently changed, it hasn't made it any less um, disturbing what it than was it would have been. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. That, that that change did nothing. Nope. It did nothing. I mean, I, I you know, yeah, no. Nope. I mean, I'm sure that it could have been worse, but there, but you know, even like I said, there's, there are some parts, some things that um, have been, that are said in the game, some dialogue that takes place that I didn't hear because I didn't fail at certain parts, but I have heard other people say that makes me kind of want to go back and play again so that I can fail at certain parts so that I I'm can just hear- too awesome. I don't fail enough. I'm just too great. I'm too damn good. And that's the funny thing is that I worry about getting worse at games as I get older, but I seem to be getting better at games as I get older. But I think that what it is is that I finally kind of hit that that sweet spot in my kid's life where I can play more games. One, because I can play games with her. And two, because she's actually going to bed at a, at a normal time most nights. So, um, and my research is... is, is revolving almost exclusively around games at this point. So it involves me playing a lot more games for my research. So my game playing is actually getting better rather than worse. Um, well, and I, there's different kinds of games now too. I was going to say not the, not the, I don't know about the Twitch games though, because I'm yeah. not playing many of those. Like first person shooter games are, I'm difficult. still not taking on Nicole in, in a first person shooter in multiplayer. Right. Yeah. Like, she's not, she's not kicking my ass like that. I'm not having that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Samantha Blackman does not lose contests. She wins oh, them or she God. quits them because they're or not she fair. Quits them. <laughs> right. Oh my God, that's amazing. I'm not stupid. <laughs> oh God. Well, see, and now I want to talk so much more about it, but we have to wait. We have to yes. wait. We have to wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm super pumped for us to talk about it, though. About, that. about what? If I bought it on my PC. Like I said, I think we should uh, do what we, if, if Nicole can make time for us in her busy schedule, spend an hour. Yeah. I'm game. Let's do it. All right, I'll Let's get it on my it. PC. If any of our listeners wants to just send it to me, I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll totally sign oh our podcast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did you say you'll sign the podcast? Listen, let's not put logic into this, okay? <laughs> All right, let's just not think that one through. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so that's, aside from gambling, that's what I played. That's true. We did play a lot of slot machines. Yep, slot machines. I played some roulette. I saw a man dressed as Cupid in very tiny clothing dance on Fremont Street. Wearing a thong. You saw and you got the shit pasties. scared out of me by uh, Master Chief, Master nonetheless. How appropriate is that? I know. Right? It was funny. Nicole screams, my mom screams, I turn around and then scream bloody murder. <laughs> I'm surprised and he was you a you know what's great is the one guy who decides to dress up as Master Chief is the shortest dude in the whole place. It's really it's hilarious. That's because he's got short man syndrome. Master Chief is like seven feet tall. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about the kid. Whoever oh, that was okay. dressed as him. <laughs> he's got short man syndrome. Yeah. Does. He was a good costume though. Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. So, so we did play a lot of games. Just not all necessarily video console games. Indeed. Yep. Video poker, video slots, those kind of things. Those kind of games. The original games. That's right. All right, y'all. What you reading? Blogs. Woo! Uh, I don't think I'm reading anything relevant to the podcast. I've been trying to do some uh, race and technology stuff for an article that Sam and I were talking about doing coming up here. I can't remember offhand, though. I was unprepared for this. Um, I don't remember what it was. I went on Google Scholar to see who cites banks and then uh, the first book and then Digital Griots. Mm -hmm. And just trying to find a couple random articles to talk about that. So eh. that's what I've been doing. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm reading a book that I don't know how I got. It just appeared on my Kindle. Um, I'm sure I bought it. I was wondering, you know, if it, maybe after, you know, a half bottle of wine or so, I must have bought it. Because um, it's, it's not we a book. We call that pulling an Alex Lane. Yeah, I pulled an Alex Lane. It's not a book that I would have normally bought because it's not really an academic book. Not that the, all the books that I buy are. Um, but I'm doing such interest. I mean, such um, kind of academic work right now that I'm all my books that I'm reading, buying, and reading are for the most part academic. And this was a strange one. It's by some guy I've never heard of. Um, his name is Jordan Shapiro, and it's an independently published book on top of everything else. 
Um, it's called Free Play, a video game guide to maximum euphoric bliss. That's not a book I would buy. That's a no. book I would giggle at. Um, no. Just by the title. Uh, joke. <laughs> right. Um, it, but it's, it's, I've read the first part of it, and I'm going to say, since I bought it, I might as well at least try to read it, right? Um, but he goes through, he talks a lot about kind of old games, like, you know, Space Invaders and Super Mario Brothers and, you know, stuff like that in Frogger. And he talks about games as interactive mytho- interactive mythology. And talks about kind of like the non-linear uh, nature of games and so on and so forth. Um, so it, it's been pretty interesting. Um, like I said, I haven't read very much of it yet. Um, it hasn't made me put it down yet. Um, it's, you know, not, like I said, it's not an academic text. Um, and it's not, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. And probably useful even for the kind of useful for the lay person, like somebody who's just interested. Somebody just wants to pick up something and read something about games. Um, like I said, I'm sticking with it more right now because I bought somehow bought it, and I might as well at least try to read some of it um, and see how that works out. Um, so that's what I was. That's what I've been reading. Um, Oh man, I forgot to. I don't. I don't think we talked about this on the last podcast, though. But and I don't even know if we're supposed to say this on here. I don't think it matters about Krista. Oh yeah, well we didn't talk about it, but yeah, we, I think uh, I know I've been reading it too. Well, I finished it. Uh huh. And I sent her my review. Uh huh. And she actually came back to me and said she made a lot of changes based on the feedback I gave her. Oh, that's cool. Look at you. She, like, sent me a message with all these hearts and stuff in it saying she was like, oh, I love you so much, and I'm so glad you did that. Thank you, thank you. I was like, oh, my God, like, send me your book to read anytime. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's Krista Charter's um, second part of... uh... Lexi Cooper. The Lexi Cooper mystery. The her second Lexi Cooper book. Um, we have we've been the 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 bimbo alert squad to kind of read through to see how things are going with with Lexi pre-editing. Um, and uh, she sent it to us. Well, she sent it to us right before kind of shit got crazy in my life. So I haven't been able to finish it, but I did read part of it. And my goal is to finish it within the next day or so, so that I can send her some real feedback before the week is out, before I leave for GDC this weekend. That's my goal. It's good. It's It's really good. You guys should like, as far as listeners go to, you should be like super pumped for this one to come out. It's it's a lot of fun, and I'm pretty sure she's changed it since the one that she sent you guys. So there are some things that you'll you'll be like, oh, I don't know about this. But she changed it, and it's awesome. I'm so excited. Well, I'll uh, I'll make sure. Like I said, I'll I'll send her feedback before the week is out, and and uh, we'll try to get her back on uh, to come talk to us again uh, when the second book releases officially, and everybody else can grab it as well. It's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. It's a great idea. Fuck yes. Okay. All right, y'all. What, what you drinking? drinking? <laughs> beer. Nothing. What kind of beer? Uh, George Killian's Irish Red. Oh, I like Killian's Red. Yeah. It's not a bad. Before I discovered IPA, that was one of my favorites. Oh, this is my favorite. 
Actually, Sam Adams did an Irish Red, and it was pretty pretty darn good as well. Sam Adams is always a safe choice. Yeah. It's Unless good. it's one of those weird fruity summer beers. Yeah, I'm not down with those. I don't like fruit in my beer. I don't drink Line and Kugel. I love Line and Kugel. I don't like fruit in my beer. I don't know. Sometimes it's really hot out, and you want to drink all day without getting too drunk. Not me personally, but other people might. Then you drink <laughs> water. In the world. No, I don't understand what you said. But <laughs> you drink water. I'm I'm not drinking that, anything. I had a five hour energy before the podcast to try and stay awake, which is not working. But I mean, it's gonna kick in after we finish recording. Well, I took it at like <laughs> six o'clock, I guess, or seven o'clock. So then, what's this half bottle of wine that's being drank? Well, see, once again, remember I've mentioned this before, but the red solo cup holds half bottle of wine. Yep. So I am drinking uh, Pinot Grigio out of a red solo cup. Woohoo! I'm having wine and cheese. cheese. I am classy. classy. Woo! Echo. Woo! Um, it was like an epic moment for that to happen, too. I know. I'm classy, classy, classy. I'm <laughs> I'm classy because I'm having wine, but I'm having it out of a red solo cup. And I'm having cheese, which is cheese sticks and wheat thins. Cheese and crackers and wine. See? Classy. Oh, mm-hmm. 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 That is some awesome form of classy. <laughs> See what having a kid does to your life? Drinking yes. wine out of a solo cup and eating cheese sticks and wheat thins. <laughs> oh, man. Living the high life. Mm-hmm. Fancy. Mm-hmm. All right. News. News. I mean, I didn't put any links up because really, do it. does anybody not know what's going on in gaming right now? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Let me just say. <laughs> I said this last time we um last time we recorded, I had pre-ordered SimCity and got the beta and I was so pissed at the beta that I canceled my pre-order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was the best decision to have made. I mean, really, you saved yourself all this crap that's going on right now. Yep, and all mm-hmm. that money cuz I still would have been pissed off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because so, you know, the, it, it, the whole what really pisses me off about about SimCity, the new one, is this whole little all you can build is a little tiny town thing. Because you you can't build a city bigger than a hundred thousand people, mm-hmm. and they're very geographically small, which is really weird to me. You can't be, make your city as big as you want. You can only build these little bitty tiny cities. You can build multiple cities, but you can only control one at a time. Right. But they're yeah. supposed to be they're supposed to be like economies linked together. Like I think that's what they were trying to push more is building like a kind of like a, a country kind of thing. Well, I'm no, using the, the wrong terminology. But, but see, the thing is, is that they they are supposed to be economies linked together, but they're not supposed to be all your economies. That was part of their reason for the always on, or that's what they said was their reason for the always online. Is that so? Your economies you were playing with other people. Right. And your economies were hooked to theirs because right. you weren't guaranteed a spot next to your original city. Somebody else could just come along and say, oh, I'm going to build here. And that spot wasn't available anymore. So, and I mean, they kind of screwed up that whole always online thing that, that kind of failed. I think what happens with that, it's like the same thing where 
um, video games put, you know, and systems put all poured all this money into like graphics and then got blown out of the water by like these social games, like these stupid little microtransactions games, like money wise, right? Because they're putting all this money into something for a user base that doesn't control what? the market anymore. <laughs> Um, and so when you look at something like the SimCity release, like their user base is not a user base where you're online, where you're constantly, um, in contact with like other people mm -hmm. and you have like this immersive thing, um, with this community, right? Like that is not their user. And no. so they're like going after this user based on my guesses, a handful of people at their development studios being like, well, gamers want to be social and they want to be in constant contact with each other like they are in first person shooters and that's why black ops 2 does so well in the multiplayer like mm -hmm. that is a different type of player or at least not maybe not it's a different type of player wanting a different type of game like maybe it's the same player for black ops 2 and but for they Sim want a different Sim experience with that game right like right. i don't play sims when i want to play with other people i play sims when i want to play by myself with my computer right. offline or if i'm in the car and i want to play my computer until it dies i'm playing SimCity. You know, right. and so they they messed up by making pouring all of this time and money into an attribute that was the exact opposite of what their audience, what their gamer wanted. OK, can I, was, I just say this? Yeah, that shit was a ruse, man. That is not why they made this always a one shit It is totally and completely about DRM. That, I mean, seriously, that's what it was. They yeah, but you're not going to have any money from DRM if nobody plays your game either. Well, so they, they must got, have thought they had a big you, enough user They base. got plenty of fucking money, okay? Because the game has sold like 1.1 million copies in two weeks, and, or, and EA ain't refunding shit. If you buy your game from EA, I mean, and a lot of people did, because if you bought from EA, they gave you all these, like, free cities and all this other crap, and you so you could buy the $60 version or the $90 version. And EA is not refunding anybody's money if they but want that's a, that's a short-sighted pro profit play, then, because... Well, I mean, I, they didn't think it was going to... They didn't think it was going to fail. Right. Right. They didn't. They had no idea that it was going to fail, right? You know, they they want to say, oh well, you know, they, their excuse was, you know, we didn't know how many people were going to buy it. Really, you didn't know how many people pre-ordered that game. You don't right. know how big SimCity games actually are. You didn't see the response to that when you presented it at E3 for the first time last year. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh uh, no. Hey. You know what, though, too? The other thing is, is while we can say that they didn't kind of make this game for their customer base, at the same time they're playing to what... Or they, they created it to what their the industry seems to think that gamers have become. Because look at the PlayStation 4, and on the controller you have the share button, which drives me absolutely up the wall. Yeah. yeah. That's, what they, that's what they think gamers are now. We're all connected on Facebook, so that means when I do some cool move on Call of Duty, I'm going to hit that share. Heck no! I, I like telling people about it. I don't create videos. Just, you know what I mean? Like, it's, they did it because, it, like, the market's telling them to do it that way. Yeah, the only time I share any video of any game that I created has been for Not Your Mama's Gamer. I've right. never shared, like, personal video with friends i mean or or like a funny bug right like that i've i've shared with you before like like hey nicole look at this crazy shit right this is where right. i'm stuck right? right um but never just share it with everybody right 
I don't have a YouTube channel that I created to show people every time I get a headshot in Call of Duty. I, I mean, don't do that. And most of the folks who do, who are doing that are kids, right? Are younger kids, are not your more mature gamer. And they have, uh, which and what seems to be the issue is that they're forgetting that the gamer base is getting older, right? Yep. And yeah. so the, the who the people that are actually the market for that kind of feature are not their gamer base. There's not those folks that are gonna go in and plop down five hundred bucks for a game and an extra controller and one damn and one damn game. Right. And five hundred dollars is conservative because I'm pretty sure it's gonna be more than that. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I mean that's not that's not their user base. Are we getting too old for this new generation of games? Is that a thing? <laughs> no. Okay, no, good. We're not. I just we're not getting... panicked for a second. No, yeah, it's not that. It's just they're trying to make these innovative moves, and they're the wrong moves. The ones that I exploit their users, it. like Sam was saying, that are trying to make them more profits and doing this, and they're just not investing it into the right stuff. Yeah, exactly. They're not investing into the right stuff. Because right. gaming is making more and more money constantly. And then you see shit like this, these huge companies that just flop. You know? So, no. Yeah. We'll see, I guess. What I'm pissed because they fucked my game. I love SimCity. That is my <laughs> game. And I, they, I know, really you haven't even played this, have you? Hmm? You haven't even played, have you? No. No, I had... I, I wanted to so bad. But I'm not gonna if it doesn't work. And right. the only reason I play games like that is because I can like just chill out by myself. And you and, for, like, and, and you are their user base. I mean, because you're the one who spends, you know, two, three hundred hours playing Civ Four and playing Tropical Four and playing all these other games. Sims and and, the, yep. and but the funny thing is, is everybody you know what everybody's saying now? If you want the, the experience you thought you were gonna get with SimCity, play Tropical Four. So you're That's- already ahead of the curve. It's exactly yep. 100% right, though. Yeah. That's why I love Tropical 4, because it was like SimCity in Cuba, you know, like, mm-hmm. with some cool historical stuff. But, yeah, yeah they're just, like, like, they can keep making that kind of crap, but other places will come up with the Tropical 4s, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was a big want, want. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, and, and the CEO resigned. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... EA has really screwed the pooch on this one. I mean, they, but this is not the first time they've done this. They have made some huge mistakes lately. Yes. I mean, and you know, you always, I thought SimCity might be the thing that saved them. I thought so too. Maybe SimCity will be the thing that, maybe that's the last, you know, nail in their coffin though. I think they're going to come out with Sims 4 this year. They're going to have to. Might save them. I, you I think, think that'll so. do it though. But I, mean, I think I think, I think they're gonna do that same shit on that are doing that same always on shit. If I mean, they do, then their DRM stuff has been so crazy. I mean, think about that was the reason Spore failed. Remember? Yeah. Because yeah. they had the crazy DRM that that installed on your machine, and that's why they went to the always on. Because yep. the the DRM for Spore installed software on your machine that broke a lot of people's shit. And people got really mad because I know I bought it. I came home, I put it in, and it told me what I was going to have to do. I put that shit back in the box and took it back to the store. And I have been waiting, waiting for Spore since the first time I had seen it at, like, GDC. I was waiting for Spore. Mm. And I took it back to the store, never played it. 
Yeah. So, I mean, so they went from that and they said, okay, so we can't do that again because people took the shit back to the store and didn't play it. And I was not the only one. It was all over the internet. People was like, nope, brought it home, popped it in, took it back to the store. And stores were were taking them back open. So they knew. Yeah. They knew. And so they came, now they came up with the always on. And you know what? Because regardless of what happened, and see, this is what I always tell people. You have to you have to make your argument with your fucking wallet. Like I said, I canceled my pre-order. All these yep. people who, even people who could return theirs didn't, you know, because, you know, they're like holding on to it because they're hoping it's going to work. You know what? By buying that game and holding on to it, regardless of whether or not you think the always on is, is kind of dictatorial. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you're telling you're telling them that you're willing to bend over and take it right oh yeah for sure so i bet you 99 and a half dollars and that's <laughs> nine and a half percent that they do the same shit with sims 4 if that's the case then i'm done well they've sold a million they've sold 1.1 million copies in two weeks 1.1 million copies of fucking Sim City in two weeks. Do you think they're not going to do it for Sim 4? Sims 4? Yeah. What? Because there's no indication to them that people aren't going to buy it. Right. Well, they know that they know that it's not as popular as it should be, right? And that's like no. And that there's this it's... huge outcry. That's why their CEO resigned. You know. Well, that's because people there's an outcry. Yes, but they're not giving anybody's money back. Well, I wouldn't give her money back either because that'd be all my money. <laughs> they're not giving anybody's money back and they're giving you shitty ass uh compensation for it here take one of eight old ass games that you already own if you really wanted to play yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sucks okay yay yay let me put my soapbox back under my desk <laughs> It had to be said, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It had to be said. That's all I have to say about it. (laughs) I'd say that's a pretty decent news section. Agreed. I don't have an indie game this week, so I'm sorry. Wompity womp womp. Womp womp womp. Sam kind of did the indie game with To the Moon. Yeah, I guess I did. It's fun. Play it. It's interesting. Indie game of the week to the moon. Go play. <laughs> I just got four indie games on Steam as we were talking, so now I have some for the next few podcasts. Very good, indeed. So issue, issue. Well, we said there's a, not an issue but a feature. So this this, this time out, what we're doing is we're sharing with you um, our uh, our panel of sorts. Uh-huh. Um, from the Four Seas Conference that we just went to. And before, people who are non-academics are like, oh, God, not that shit. Um, it was a, it was very non-academic-y. I'm a non-academic. Hey, my name is Nicole Marie. <laughs> my name's Nicole Marie, and I'm a non-academic. And I'm a non-academic. My name's Samantha Blackman, and I like to think I'm a non-academic. <laughs> um, I'm only an academic, so I never get out of the academic zone. I'm never inappropriate, never informal. Boop-a-doop-boop. <laughs> Um, So what what we'll do is we will tell you a bit about um, about our uh, bits 
right? Um, right. My, <laughs> my bit uh, was a bit about why we do what we do, right? Why we podcast as folks who work in the academy and um, kind of what effect that has on us as podcasters um, and attempted members <laughs> of the games community or um, as well as what effect it has on us as uh, members of an academic community or attempted members of an academic community, depending on how we look at it and look at ourselves. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it because what I'm going to do is going to go ahead and um, my part, because I was unable to go to Las Vegas with everybody else and, and gamble and drink way too much, um, is I recorded my part uh, as a podcast itself. Um, so we'll go ahead and include that Yeah. Um, uh, probably at this point, like, uh, or right after I finish speaking. Um, and uh, as well as uh, Nicole and Alice's part, which I will let them tell you about. Hello, and welcome to the Not Your Mama's Gamer. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm not really going to start this like a podcast. Hi, I'm Samantha Blackman, uh, and it almost seems fitting that circumstances would be such that I would have to communicate with you via the medium that we're here to talk about today. Um, I will uh, try to keep it as... uh, as brief as possible so that we have enough time for the uh, the last speakers on the panel today. So sit back, relax, and imagine that you're doing dishes or walking the dog or driving in your car, whatever it is that you usually do when you're listening to podcasts. First off, I want to tell you a little bit about why we started Not Your Mama's Gamer. Um, well, it kind of started with my own love of uh, well games and, and podcasts, uh, but also the kind of absence of kind of a critical feminist presence in the pod, the female podcasting community. Um, so Alex and I had talked about it a couple of times, and I had batted around the idea of, of doing a podcast and a blog in my head, uh, but hadn't really kind of said it out loud, uh, and then and Alex came into my office one day and said, hey, let's, what, what if we did a podcast? And I said, well, let me think about it. Uh, and I thought about it for all of about 30 seconds or so. And I said, yeah, let's do this. Um, and that was about uh, two and a half, almost two and a half years ago. Um, and we've been going strong ever since. The blogging part of Not Your Mama's Gamer was Nothing that was really new to me. I have uh, been blogging since I was a graduate student myself, which has been um, well, a while now. And uh, so I kind of had a good idea of um, of how well um, you could kind of reach the more techie part of, uh, of the community um, with things like blogs, because I was blogging well back before there was even blogging software. Um, and to a certain extent, podcasting is kind of an extension of that. So two years ago when we started Not Your Mama's Gamer, um, I had already been thinking and writing about games uh, in a more academic way um, for several years, and I was looking for a way to um, 
get my ideas about uh, video games and feminism video games and critical race theory um, kind of out to a broader audience and to start a conversation uh, because we had kind of come to the conclusion that um, the only way to kind of affect any kind of change, not only in the video game industry, but in the community that surrounds it, was by including folks that are not traditionally included when we start thinking about the work that we do within the academy. Setting up Not Your Mama's Gamer in such a way that the community at large as well as other academics had the opportunity to uh, chime in and add to the conversation was kind of this dangerously exciting prospect. And it's been a rewarding one. Uh, It's also been interesting in that um, oftentimes we have folks that are in the games industry and the kind of gaming community at large um, who don't quite understand where we're coming from all of the time. Uh, But simultaneously, we have folks within the academy, especially uh, colleagues that I work with, um, who also don't have uh, much of a clue of exactly where we're coming from. Um, they they question the kind of legitimacy of podcasting um, as a critical and intellectual endeavor. Um, and and Alex can tell you um, about the the times that folks have kind of come by my office um, when she and I have been uh, kind of gaming and talking and thinking and talking critically about um, something that we're playing, um, even something that we're writing an article about, um, and and say something like, oh, I see that you guys are really working hard, right? Scare quotes around working. Um, and also about uh, how extremely frustrated <laughs> I get to say the very least when that happens. Fortunately, over the last year or so, as kind of games and and, uh, new media studies uh, have become more kind of uh, visible in the academic community, um, people have, have, have started to understand exactly where we're coming from. And one of the more exciting things, or, or another exciting thing, shall I say, um, is that over the last year or so, as our presence has become better known in the non-academic community, we've also been able to score some pretty good kind of interviews and mentions um, kind of in, in various um, Um, academic and and industry publications. Um, And it's now that we're starting to feel like we're becoming a part of that conversation that we initially kind of set out to become a part of. I know that I personally am starting to feel like I'm less of the kind of crackpot in the department who who plays video games um, and and kind of even more accepted as a colleague among um, among some of the folks uh, that uh, we know and and work with in uh, in the industry um, game developers, game designers, um, games journalists, uh, folks who do this for uh, for a living in a non-academic sense. But all of that aside, uh, one of the uh, biggest things that Now Your Mama's Gamer has helped us to kind of illustrate is the necessity um, of something like Not Your Mama's Gamer um, that is at its very core um, critical um, 
but not necessarily academic in the traditional sense um, when it comes to um, merging um, communities that almost see themselves at odds with one another especially now when our own pedagogy and theories are so influenced by things like games and other kind of interactive media. It's not enough that we acknowledge its existence, but we also need a deeper understanding of these media in order to help our students to not only think critically about them, but to understand how it is that they, the students, understand the world around them. And the best folks to help us get that understanding are the people who develop games, the people who play games, the people who write about games, people who do this every day uh, for a living, even if we ourselves do not. And as most folks know, um, the the games community, the gaming community can be um, a very uh, misogynistic and, and racist um place so we're coming at this from uh, from from subject positions that make this kind of establishment of kind of a geek cred instead of street cred um, even more difficult but I think that in many ways it is that struggle that adds to what we do because this is exactly what we're writing about this is exactly what we're talking about this is exactly the conversation that we're trying to start a conversation that looks at specifically um, and predominantly the position of women um, within this community women as gamers, women as developers, women as games journalists um, but also the position of minorities and queer folks and other folks that are called capital O others um, in the community. So that kind of struggle um, is the embodiment of the theory that we're trying to bring in kind of a really non-academic way. So before I keep like talking for way too long and and run too terribly over on time, what I want to do for a few minutes is to talk a bit about um, how um, I see the work that we do at Not Your Mama's Gamer kind of doing this with doing all the stuff that I've been talking about with some very specific examples. Um, I'm not going to, you know, talk much in great detail about what is contained in the interviews and such that we do because um, next uh, up, Alex is going to give you some uh, some great excerpts from um, some of the interviews we've done at Not Your Mama's Gamer, um, unless we've gone out of order, in which case you've already heard them. So either way, um, you'll, you'll get the gist of it. Uh, w- one of the things that we've tried to do at Not Your Mama's Gamer is to kind of immerse ourselves in both communities simultaneously, as I've said, um, but also to listen to those communities, right? Um, to listen to... Uh, to folks who who may be parents, um, who may be gamers themselves, who may be academics 
um, who study games, who may be academics who are interested in the effect that games are having on their classrooms, um, and gamers who are wondering just why the hell academics are working with games in the first place. Um, And then tailoring what we do in such a way that it's useful for a lot of different folks. So, you know, while we've gotten... um, lots of interest in in games and disability studies, um, both from academic and very practical standpoints. Um, One of the things that we did is we we went out and and we did an interview with the founder of Able Gamers, which I'm sure you'll hear a bit of in just a few moments. Um, And then we've also kind of addressed some of the more pressing issues in the community as they've come up, like with the number one reason why... um, kind of movement where women started to talk about the number one reason why they were in the industry or the number one reason why women weren't in the industry. Um, We were able to not only take part in that conversation as people who participate even tangentially in the industry, um, but also to do interviews with um, folks like Krista Charter, um, who's an author who had been working in industry um, for over a decade and then um, left the games industry in very speci- in kind of a very specific way. And it is now, um, a, <clears throat> excuse me, writing um, mystery novels um, that take place in the games industry um, or even the in the great interview that Alex did um, with Sherry Grainer Ray, who wrote Gender Inclusive Game Design, we've done all of these kind of great interviews um, that are kind of special <clears throat> that are kind of special moments for us. Um, but also, even on a weekly basis, we kind of regularly post. Um, our kind of critical viewpoint on what's going on in the games industry. So it may be um, hiring practices in the industry or it may be kind of a more critical game review that talks about some complex um, and problematic issues that we see in games. Um, we do game playthroughs. Um, we... We recently started this thing where I I talk about playing games um, with kids and kind of what what I see when I play games with my own child. So we are trying to kind of approach this from as many angles as. Um, as possible without spreading ourselves too thin. So we're trying to to do this and still be thorough, as thorough as possible. Um, Because in addition to kind of wanting to reach specific and various parts of the games and academic community, we still want to do a good job at what we do. Um, Because it is still the work that we do. It is the work of the field, um, regardless of whether or not some people recognize it as such. Um, so that's been, it's been a really interesting, it's been a really kind of interesting journey. And I think we've had our interesting good and interesting bad moments. Um, but kind of when we weigh things in the balance, we, we remain, um, as, as we say often, um, during the podcast and even when we're writing and thinking and talking out loud, uh, we remain hopeful, right? Because it is that hope that kind of keeps us going, that hope that, um, 
the work that we do can make a difference, not only in the academy, but also in the industry itself. Um, I mean, it, it's the same as with any other work that we as, as compositionists and rhetor- and rhetors do. Um, we do the work that we do because most of us hope to affect some kind of change. Um, and, and that's one of the important things to remember is that even as as rhetoricians, even as compositionists, even as, as teachers and theorists and scholars and gamers, um, we are at the core um, still a part of the academy even as we are part of this other um, and othered community on the outside. So uh, before I talk too much, um, unfortunately, I'm not there to answer questions today, but I think that Alex and, and Nicole and Matt are going to do a great job of answering questions. Um, but if you have specific questions for me um, that you'd like me to address, please feel free um, to email me um, at... Um, well, you can email me uh, at nymgamer uh, at gmail.com or you can email me at blackmos at purdue.edu. Um, and uh, one of these guys will be happy to, to write that email address down for you. Um, I should have sent business cards, but I didn't think of that far in advance. Um, and and we, love, uh, we love to take questions um, on the show. So if you have questions about the work that we do with games as well, that you'd like to like us to address on the show, please feel free to email us questions um, and we'll address them. So until until later, thanks and game on. Yeah. Um, all right. So mine was a talk and I'll include the text um, as well as a short video that I made. Um, what I talked about is how stuff like podcasting provides compositionists um, with sort of a unique format in order to intervene in the community. Um, I talked about a bunch of the different research strategies that people use, especially feminist research methodology, which I've talked several times um, in the blog about. Um, And the way that the podcast sort of works in tandem with the community, at least through like interviews and stuff, um, which we do a lot of, um, we are able to sort of talk the or walk the walk. Um, we always say things should be community based and, um, we shouldn't be separate from our environments and we have to drop the notion of objectivity and things like that. But it's difficult to actually do that when you're paid little overworked and in a classroom all day. So, um, the stuff like podcasting to me is sort of the solution or one avenue with which to address the sort of armchair problem that a lot of academics face. Um, so I talked a lot about theory, um, got fancy with fancy words and fancy quotes. Um, but really it was just talking about the weird tensions that we feel, um, between informal work and formal work and how things count differently. You know, the podcast, how does it even fit on a Vita? Right. But that it's so important to, solid academic thinking that you're like a part of the environment. Um, and then I have a mashup, which we will, um, include in the, I don't know, show notes or something, maybe, mm-hmm. um, a, a, um, audio, a, an audio mashup of, um, of, uh, some of the interviews that we've done that I think are pertinent to my point. So that's what I did. 
and it was mm. awesome. It was kind of fun, right? Mm-hmm. It was good. Yay. Um, so I think then I came in because I'm less on the academic side and more so... I think the way I put it in our presentation was I'm the proof in the pudding. The proof in the pudding that this kind of stuff that we do in our classrooms can actually change students' lives for the better. Right. Which is a bold claim. I don't but think that's, I think you're... I, I think, think it's right on the money. Claim. I think it's... Yeah, I think it's right on the money. So, um, from my experience doing research with Sam as an undergrad student kind of led to my involvement with the podcast, which has then turned into this way for me to kind of communicate with the rest of the outside world people who aren't in the conversation of what we do as on the podcast, um, how it's enabled me to kind of bring outsiders in to this conversation. And so in that way, the, the proof in the pudding is that by the existence of our podcast and the blog site, um, we've, we've, we've brought people into the conversation that never would have entered into it, into that realm of this world before. Which is kind of so. a cool way of thinking about it, I think. Right, right. Because the biggest thing is that most people don't, probably don't think about it. Like most, I don't want to say, I don't know how to PC say this, but women who don't game don't consider the things that we kind of have to say on here. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't think that that's not PC at all. I think that that's totally appropriate and like one of the biggest problems with getting women involved in games is that it's nothing that even shows up as an area of interest for them right 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 which was a point that you kind of made in your conversation mm -hmm. in, in your point with with um sherry green race yeah. right that that women kind of don't even consider gaming to be a viable career option whereas then you have someone like me who that's all i can constantly think about right but in that way when I talk to women who have, would have never thought of it before, they're kind of like, really? Like, that's actually an option. Like, that's something that you can do. I mean, men, too. Um, mm -hmm. And even just by having this podcast, I mean, and maybe they're listening now, so I hope I don't offend them, but I have had guy friends approach me and tell me that they listen to this podcast guy friends that i would have never thought in like the entire world would ever even consider listening to something like this uh-huh and so so in that way my involvement with this has brought in some people that i never would have thought of imagined before when you say that it reminds me too like of the different people who listen to this or like this or that. So like my parents, you know, read the blogs I write about my dissertation because they have no idea what to tell their friends that I do. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so like my dad calls me and he's like, okay, me and your stepmom have read your blog on feminist research methodology 10 times tonight. And here's what I think you're saying. And then they like get super into it. Right. Or like I have a, academic friends like like terry peterman who comments on the blog all the time mm -hmm. who like i would never pick out of a lineup and be like you know this dude cares a lot about feminist issues right like right absolutely um, who like goes crazy for our stuff and is like this is really thoughtful way of thinking about things and it just it makes me feel like though we're all about talking about feminist issues and women's issues in gaming that like at some level 
people, the response we get from people who wouldn't typically be interested in those topics, the response we get shows that it's multiple audiences, that it's at some level, everyone recognizes that this is something that needs to be talked about, even if they don't see it explicitly, just the interest that you get. So, right. Right. And that's kind of the idea that I was trying to get across in my portion of the presentation is not necessarily that this isn't something that people don't want to talk about, but more so that they have no way to talk about. Yeah. So by like, and one of the examples I used, and this is totally a real life situation. I wasn't just making this up. I I went to get my eyebrows waxed and the lady asked me, she's like, like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, like I have a podcast, whatever, you know, she's making small talk with me. So I'm making it right back, not even thinking of the effects it could possibly have on her. And we started talking about the fact that I like to play video games. And and this happens all the time with women. They're always like, oh, I would never play video games. But my boyfriend does. Mm hmm. I'm like, oh, that's funny because, you know, video games are a lot of fun. Like, I I enjoy playing them. And then they'll say something like, well, it is interesting because I don't think I would play those games because of the way the women are portrayed. Yep. Oh, well, really, I kind of have, you know, there's the site that I participate in and we talk about those things. Here's a card. And then they come to the site. Yep. Boom. And they're like, oh, hey, it's not just (laughs) TNA and shooting in these games. There's other stuff going on. Right, exactly. So that's one of those things that I would like the idea I was trying to get across is mostly that in this way, I feel like I've brought people to the conversation that never would have been a part of it before. But that's why we do this, right? Right. And our online presence is, is something that they can fall back on. Absolutely. It was a good presentation. It was good. We were we were balling up there on the stage. It was really fun. People were nodding their heads and laughing. It was great. so much head nods. Although so head the nods. best joke was we also presented with Matt Barton, and he was giving his presentation and like he was making some jokes that were kind of missing, um, and then <laughs> he's just like going through his power his. Uh, PowerPoint, and then it was like this picture of these two sea otters holding hands, <laughs> and then he's like, "How did that get in here?" And then he like kept going, and everyone just lost it. It was that so, was so funny because <laughs> so you know it's hard to make jokes when you're up there, you know. Well, and it wasn't necessarily that he wasn't making good jokes. I think they just weren't like catching it at the same time that he was like, they weren't getting the punchline at the time they needed to. So they were like missing it. And then he like gave them a second to catch up with him and with the otter picture. And it was just like, Oh my God. Exactly. I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, did he really mean to put that picture of the otters in there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was good though. It was good. We had good questions. People asked us good questions. And they even wanted to talk to us afterwards. And they had insightful things to say. And It was cool. People, like, following us out, talking to us. It was, kind of, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. We felt important. It was good. Aw. Nice. Yeah. And we were on a stage. So. Yeah. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first time doing that ever and we walk into this room with a huge stage and I was like good this is good they had nice little uh, vases of water for us though that was wonderful mm-hmm. 
first time. Maybe not your last. Maybe not your last. Indeed. Maybe not. not. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be a speaker on the circuit. Yeah. <laughs> you can make a lot of money that way. No, you yeah. can't. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah, no, you can't. All right. Well, there's... So there's our thing. There's that hope and dream. Like you said, so... So we'll add in our stuff. We'll add in our stuff. You'll get to hear it, see it, experience it. uh, Not in the same way that it was originally delivered, but pretty close. Um, Mm -hmm. And we welcome, of course, as always, any conversation uh, about what it is that we've shared. So you can leave us comments here on the blog. Uh, You can... Send us email at uh, newimgamer at gmail.com. You can come to Facebook and leave a leave a nice little post at our uh, on our Facebook wall. Mm-hmm. We'd be happy to have a conversation there. Um, we take voicemail. We take video mail. We take anything you got. Hey, we're not picky. Including a free copy of Tomb Raider. <laughs> Steam name, Lane at Purdue. It's with a Y. Sorry. You are so no, funny. You're not. Uh, seriously and uh, what else I gonna say I totally spaced on it because Alex Lane threw me off oh what I was distracting with my request for Tomb Raider I don't know so we have all those ways to contact us Um, we're happy to to interact with you um, in any of those ways it's always fun we look forward to it Um, oh deals for broke ass gamers I'm horrible. I didn't really look up deals for broke ass I did. Games. Steam has a ton of stuff on sale. Like a ton of green light games, a ton of indie games are like between 30 and 50% off. Um, I, like I said, I just filled up my cart before. So there, there's a ton of stuff. The midweek madness is uh, saints roll the third and magic. Um, but that doesn't even matter. Just go for the indie games and the green light games. They're crazy on sale. There are some crazy ones on sale. Um, oh, and, it, you know, if you've got a PlayStation 4 and or Vita at this point, um, PlayStation, Sony's making it hard not to become a PlayStation Plus member with their free games, uh, with their free games every month. And they're giving away some good games, but they're only good as long as you're a PlayStation, uh, they're only, they only work as long as you're a PlayStation Plus member. Um like, you know, they've had some, they've had like Joe Danger, the movie was one of the games this month. Um, Closure was one of the games this month. It's an indie game. Uh, but the game, one of the games that hit today is a free game on PlayStation Plus, The Cave, Double Finds game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a fairly new game. Um, so if you haven't played it yet, uh, you can easily kind of... Uh, Download it for free if you're a PlayStation Plus member. Um, and there's lots of games, like the games that have been probably biggest on the Vita are now free. Um, so that would be stuff like uh, Uncharted, um, Gravity Rush, um, all the good stuff, except, uh, unfortunately, well, it's not unfortunately because I already own it. Um, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation hasn't hit as free yet. But there's some some good games, some good solid AAA titles that have been that have hit as free. Um, I'm playing Plants vs. Zombies for the umpteenth millionth time. Um, Little Big Planet um, is free on the Vita. I mean, all these games um, that are part of the, they call them the Instant Game Collection. Check it out definitely if you're a PlayStation if you're a PlayStation owner, um, well especially if it's kind of your main 
platform. Um, but if you got to choose one or the other, I'm I'm a little biased. I still say it. Uh, Xbox Live is the place to be because I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess that's also because that's my main console. It's the controller that is most comfortable for me at all. So, yeah. anyway, that is a thing. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, you have all those wonderful ways to contact us. Come by and check the blog at uh, nymgamer.com. Uh, Leave us comments. Read our wonderful pithy posts. There's always interesting stuff to read. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, uh, at nymgamer. Um, you can follow us independently on Twitter. Um, I figure we should probably say that too at some point. Uh, That's true. I am uh, Sophista, S-A-F-F-I-S-T-A um, on Twitter. Uh, Alex? Gamer Lane with a Y. That's G-A-M-E-R-L-A-Y-N-E. That's right. <laughs> and I'm 8-Bit Biddy. And that's the number eight, B-I-T-B-I-T-T-Y. You can follow us all on Twitter. Stalk us. Figure out what we're doing, what we're talking about. Don't stalk about. us. Okay, I'm joking about the stalking part. I forget. <laughs> Lane's, a little, Lane's a little sensitive about the stalking part. <laughs> yeah, yeah let's, nah. let's not make jokes about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and here's the thing. I meant to say this. We get lots of friend like friend requests on different um, platforms and such, and I'm more than willing to make make friends with people who are listening, um, and play games with people who are listening. But like I said, I get a lot of friend requests, um, and I get friend requests even from folks who don't listen, but that I've like played games with before multiplayer. Because yeah, even though I bitch about it, I do still play some stuff multiplayer. Um. If you send me a friend request and you're from Not Your Mama's Gamer, you need to let me know that because otherwise I may just ignore your friend request or say no. Yeah, same here. Let let me know because I uh, play Black Ops Online a lot and so I get people who want to murder me friend requesting me. So <laughs> please just say, I listen to NYMG and then I will immediately friendly, friend you. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Cause all so of our... add us. Just give us a heads up. Just give us yeah. a heads up. We're happy to add you back. Mm-hmm. All Woo-hoo. right. Okay. Uh, so I guess that would be it. We've covered it all. Um, we've got some uh, great stuff in the works. Got some interesting stuff coming up. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Make sure you pay close attention. Um, and... Uh, you know, um, oh gosh, if you see me at GDC next week, if you're out there, give me a holler. Happy to chat with people. Um, or follow me on Twitter and then you can stalk me at GDC. Not, um, please stalk, don't have me running out of stock ish. Don't have me running out of the Moscone Center. Um, <laughs> cause I will ruin. Uh, <laughs> I amuse me. Uh, <laughs> So, like I said, keep an eye out for some interesting stuff. We got some interesting stuff coming. Um, And uh, until next time, stay safe, stay warm, don't stalk, and as always, (laughs) game on. Game on.